0: Hey, hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Army of Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Vipe Desai, bringing you career and leadership insights from deep within my network. Today's guest is Adrian Grenier, and if his name sounds familiar, it's probably from his notable role as Vincent Chase from Entourage. But Adrian's not just known for his acting. He's also an environmentalist and entrepreneur. In 2015, he launched the Lonely Whale Foundation, an incubator for courageous ideas that drive impactful market-based change on behalf of our ocean. This is how we met, and I'm honored to also share that I've been serving on his advisory board for the past year. The organization has gained tremendous momentum, garnered a number of awards, and along the way, Adrian was appointed a UN Environment Goodwill Ambassador. He's got his hands full, but let's hear about his career and leadership insights.
1: Well, Adrian, thanks so much for uh, coming on the uh, Army of Game Changers podcast. You know, we've been talking quite a bit the last couple of months and a bunch of emails. But for the sake of my uh, listeners, give me an update. What's going on in your world?
2: Oh, what's going on in my world? Well, this elongated winter here in New York. Summer, well, spring. I don't even know if we're gonna have a spring. We might just skip right into summer, um, and I'm really anxious for a little bit of heat. But you know, a lot of, a lot of climate change over here in Brooklyn. That's for sure. That's my most immediate experience. Uh, but other than that, I've been, you know, head down doing what I can do for our dear ocean. Uh, probably the most neglected part of our environment. Everybody knows about. Climate change and has a general understanding of uh, you know, what's happening in our in our atmosphere in the air, but the oceans, at least until recently, uh, has not had its place in our uh, in our awareness. So, I've been doing what I can to communicate the story of our of our dear oceans and trying to get people to care more because if you can't connect. You can't care, so we want to connect them, bond them, and make it part of their everyday experience.
1: Yeah, it seems like you've been uh, really focused on environmental issues, especially the last couple of years. You know, you you, you kind of started out in acting. You got any projects in the works? Anything going uh, in that direction? Are you really trying to focus more on entrepreneurship and environmentalism?
2: Well, I've never acted for for the ego of it, so I'm not desperate to be in something else or to be out in the the public eye as an actor. Uh, I'm waiting for the right project, something creatively fulfilling, uh, and also something that has something to say. Uh, I I typically don't love the projects that are simply for entertainment's sake. I, I like projects that uh, really challenge an audience or challenges our sense of who we are or the status quo of some sort and, you know, allows us to, through the, through the experience of, of watching the story unfold, wrestle with our own demons, wrestle with our own thoughts of who we want to be uh, as, as people. And so I'm just waiting for
1: that. If you, if you have any good scripts like that, send them my way. If I come across any, you bet I will. But you know, you said something really interesting, the right project. And I think that phrase is something that I haven't heard before necessarily used the way that you did. And I think it also works in the way that people look at their careers, the right project. And, you know, from the work that you've done from acting to directing and even, you know, with the agency, uh, shift.com and music and your, act, your activism as well. It sounds like all of that is related to the right project that you're, you're looking for the right things to get involved in. Is that, is that, is that correct?
2: Absolutely. And I consider myself extremely privileged, uh, not only in my career, but also, I don't know where it came from, my mom or just maybe a light bulb went off at some point, privileged to be able to even uh, construct my life, organize my life to really focus on the right project. Because the way I see it ultimately, the American dream isn't about stuff and things. It's not about making a bunch of money and having fancy cars and houses and bling. Uh, that's what a lot of people, uh, you know, will tell you it is, or at least a lot of the capitalist culture will uh, seduce you into thinking. But really, the American dream is about being able to pick and choose the right, the right use of your time. And sometimes you can hack it and you don't have to wait. I and mean, look, if you, have, if you have money, it gives you some leeway to make those decisions. But I would say you can hack it early. You don't have to just you know, make you know, just do any job just to make ends meet. Uh and, and I would argue that maybe a little bit of that is okay, but in in the long term, try and get out of that as quickly as possible because really it's not about having uh you know it's not about having a lot of stuff and things that ultimately can you know will own you, but it's about having the, the right um, access to options so that you can choose the right path for your spirit, right? So you have a sense of being able to uh, strive for your deeper purpose and self actualize on a level that is not about what you can buy, but about the things that are intangible. And so I, I've been lucky enough to be able to, I, I consider, be on. You know, be on, on the lucky side of, of this
1: system that we're in. Yeah, I think luck does play some role in 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 how we manage our careers and our lives and everything. And you're right, you know, it's like it's it's the right use of our time. Let's 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 talk about your career and what are some of the career lessons that you learned along the way and all the different projects that you've gotten involved in. And that could help my listeners to understand how they can make the right use of their time, but also those career lessons that that you might have picked up on
2: well there is a long there is a long string of career lessons uh, you know lots of pearls lessons <laughs> um but them. yeah, we I mean, <laughs> want to start from the scratch i i mean you know i I don't know if there's one big grand cohesive pearl of wisdom. Um, but for me, I have really just resisted doing something for it, you know, just to do it just because you're told you have to, because it's the right thing to do for, you know, what other people perceive as successful or what your career should be. And you can jump on that. Ladder and start climbing it, and it's pre, pre-prescribed for you, and you know it's an easy it's easy to climb that ladder because it exists as a vision, as you know, uh, an established uh, mode. But what I really tried to do is find my own path, as it reflects something really something deeper inside of myself. Um, and what I've always come to find is career and lifestyle and your purpose as a human being needs to all align. It all needs to come together. The career isn't the thing that you do just to make your lifestyle happen, and then at some point you worry about, you know, saving your soul. <laughs> um, and then some people do the opposite. They you know, they go they go extreme into activism, and they forget about the other like living and and being a little bit carefree in life, which is 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 part of a healthy lifestyle. So I, I like to just think of them all as being integral, and how you find that balance between making money and then doing things uh, that that are for other people, giving back, not just about your yourself. And then also balancing it with a a nice healthy lifestyle, uh, which includes escape and fun and being a little bit capricious and carefree because work is stressful when you're doing environment. Well, when, when you're doing things for other people and trying to help society at large or help your neighbors, that can be stressful and can be daunting and discouraging. You need a little bit of escape as well. So really looking at it as a career not to wait for your retirement, but a career that helps you with your immediate lifestyle goals and the things that really bring you
1: deep-rooted fulfillment and satisfaction. Yeah, I like what you say there. You're right. I think for so long, everybody was just kind of in this keeping up with the Joneses Joneses, and being in the rat race, and it was all about getting to that level, that status. Um, having a car having the house whatever it might be but that really didn't help us with our lifestyle and it really didn't deliver purpose or anything so i really like what you're saying about aligning and balancing your career your purpose and your lifestyle because life is more than just about making money and collecting material things it's making a difference in your community right yeah. Well, and look,
2: it's easy to say, I have a nice house, you know, and, and, you know, I, I'm established financially. So I don't want to be disrespectful to people who may not, you know, may not have those things and, and would like them. And I think it's a hundred percent legitimate to have your basic needs meant, met. Um, but, and I can say in earnest, and I would say to anybody out there, don't, focus only on that if you can help it, you know, if you're not really in a desperate situation, if you can forego any immediate satisfaction for building, you know, something more holistic, I would say it's, it's, it's better for longevity. A lot of people work for those things and they wait for some retirement moment in the future while neglecting their health while neglecting all these things, or, or by exploiting others, which will ultimately come back to, to haunt them. And so it's just about balance and finding the, the right way to, to – you know, there, there's I, – I always think about this, and I don't know the exact um, statistics or the the study, but, you know, increase in your finances – uh, will bring you more happiness up to a certain point. But once you hit that threshold, you, you the more money you make, it doesn't make you happier. And that's because the way capitalism, capitalism has set, set us up is that we have to have a certain amount of money to buy our basic needs. And then after that, you're on your own because it's all about your your personal health and wellness men- mentally, physically, and your sense of purpose and contribution to the community. And and that's not about taking or making. It's about giving and about cultivating, you know, what role you play in our larger community, larger society. And I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great privilege to be able to give back that is the goal. The goal isn't more houses. The goal isn't more stuff and things. The goal is to be in a position where you can give back. And that's why I feel so rich and fulfilled because while I'm making, believe me, a fraction of what i made, you know, making shows about conspicuous consumption, <laughs> uh, you, you all know what show I'm talking about. Uh, I'm far more satisfied now that I can actually do the work that I do for the ocean because now my office is nature. I get to go out and be in and under the water and humble myself to the great majesty of, of of nature and the ocean. And I get to do something for other people. And, and so I'm, I'm, far, far more happy than I was in any club I've ever been to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it, it shows in the work that you're doing and just the last few years that I've gotten to know you as well. And you're right. You know, it's like my first introduction to you was in your role, character in this conspicuous, you know, capitalism role and everything like that, collecting items and everything and living the lifestyles. But it's, it's completely different than what you're doing now. And to me, I sense that there's this career that you've embarked on. You started off and then you've, you found that, you know, that was there was more to that career than what was going on. You want to lead with purpose and, you know, you've pivoted into some other areas. But you've also developed in your leadership as well. And that's another piece of this podcast is leadership. You know, you, you co-founded Lonely Whale Foundation, you co-founded Shift.com, you've got the Rec Room, which is your music-based program, and you've got uh, management projects going on there. I mean, how does leadership play into all the things that you do, and what are some of those leadership lessons that you've had to learn along the way? Because it's not just you here managing, but there are a number of people that work with you to pursue these these ideas of purpose and protecting our oceans and all these amazing projects. So let's talk about leadership. How does that play out in everything that you do? Yeah, well, you've hit a nerve,
2: the sore spot for me, because that's the one lesson, uh, that's, well, I'm still learning, but the one lesson that I failed at, uh, and actually, created a lot of detriment to my businesses and I have a lot of um, regret in, in, in the way I've handled things in the past. Leadership is such an important role, but it's also very, very um, difficult because it's a nuanced position. Um, And it's often lonely because you're pretty much, on your own in terms of being able to, uh, look to others. I mean, you can get advice, but everything ultimately rests on your shoulders. You have to make the, the hard decisions. Um, you know, you can't really pass the buck. You can't point fingers that everything has to ultimately end and begin with you. And I, and I failed. I mean, I'll be very honest. I failed at that. uh you know, countless times, and I'm still learning, um, because and it's also you're dealing with people, you know, people who all have their unique idiosyncrasies and uh, emotional makeup, psychological needs, and uh, it's just it's a tough, tough, tough job. So, that being said, the one thing that I've learned recently is it's important to be very clear and articulate exactly what you're looking to what you're looking for from someone and what you expect and and that means you have to take the time as a leader to know what you need, know what you want and then write it down and make sure that it's There's a a mutual understanding. Uh, That way you can reward uh, people who accomplish those tasks, and then you can also have those honest conversations when maybe it's not working out, and you can find somebody who can ultimately fulfill whatever you need. In the past, I've wanted to be liked more than I wanted to make the right decisions. And so that leads that led me to um a lot of problems because I was I was not providing the leadership because I wasn't creating that clear set of expectations and I was letting people get away with it. And I think people really look for that clarity. And and I've I've hidden in the ambiguity because it was more comfortable uh, and more safe. For me as as adrian but as the leader uh, I, I i failed and i failed people and i and i and i just want to say anybody that's worked for me in the past that maybe has experienced that failure of mine i i do apologize i'm getting better and maybe we can we can work it out in the future <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah that makes no, it, it, it totally does. Uh, look, I, I talk to a lot of people that are in leadership positions, and they have either been in that position for a while, or they have just come upon that leadership, or they're growing into it, and a lot of them have said similar things, and that one, leadership is lonely. It is a lonely place. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, is that I wanted to collect these Ideas and insights from people from their experience to share with other leaders. And you know, it's lonely. You want to talk to other people and, and, and bounce ideas and thoughts off of them. So that's one thing. But the other thing too that you said that I, that is a consistent message amongst leaders is, is sharing expectations with your team. And and making sure that that, that those expectations are clear, but also that those expectations will be supported and valued as well. And I think that, that takes time. You know, nobody's born a leader, and you have to fail forward. Good leaders fail forward. They understand their mistakes, and they know how to correct them quickly and not make them in the future. If you're moving into a leadership position and you keep failing and you keep failing backwards it's hard to move forward but failing forward is a good is, is a sign of good leadership because you're continuing to push and challenge yourself. And it sounds like that's what you've done. You've learned from those those maybe bumps that you've experienced along the way and you're getting better at it. I I mean I sure as hell hope so. <laughs>
2: but yeah, I mean I I never used job descriptions in my life. I never you know, I never sent an email with a, a list of expectations from anybody I've hired. I just, you know, I'd have a casual conversation. I'd, I'd, I'd feel it out. It would feel right. And I would, and we would go. And then I, and I secretly had all these expectations that weren't clarified. And now I, now I use job descriptions and it's on paper. Everybody gets to see it. We can modify it, but you know, it sets a, it sets a bar um and so just something as simple as that really really goes a long way um the other thing i would say is um be careful not to uh encrust yourself around all of these uh these lessons the you know the calluses that you build up from all of these lessons learned uh where you isolate yourself from innovation, and and that's I think the challenge. You learn a lot of stuff, and then it becomes your dogma, and and, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of fear that drives that dogma too, because you don't want to go back to the mistakes of the past, and and you and, and in, a right, in a very righteous way, you feel like now you know the right way. But I I find it difficult to work with young people who haven't learned the lessons I have. And so I end up in, well, my instinct at least is to dismiss them because I feel like I know more. While they may still need to learn a lot of lessons you already learned, they're free enough because they're not in that dogma to think outside the box and to innovate and to be more fluid and creative. So I, I would say, watch out that you don't isolate yourself too much in lessons learned, but allow yourself to also play a little out in out in the abyss, where it may be scary, uh, but also
1: important, so that you don't get stuck. Yeah, that's a that's a great thought there, Adrian, and you're completely right in that thinking. Um, I think as leaders, as they grow and they become more successful. They they become isolated, but they also become risk-averse. They don't want to take those chances or those risks. And I think they lose that startup mentality. And when you're a startup, there's a little bit of scrappiness. There's a little bit of garage tinkering and everything. And that spirit of risk just kind of evaporates. And and you're right. I mean, holding on to that allows you to be open to new ideas and to continue to evolve your position, and grow your leadership, and look for new opportunities. And I think a lot of people miss out on that. Totally. Well, look, I'm so stoked I got to have you on the show. You dropped some amazing knowledge. Before we go, where can people keep up with you? Yeah, well, you know, I'm at Adrian
2: Grenier across all channels. Um, um, But I always send people to at Lonely Whale uh, because I'm very proud of that and Really, that's where we shall be putting our energy to the ocean to the environment uh that's our home, and we need to we need to keep it clean. My mom always told me, "Clean your room." Well, mm-hmm. I think that's a very good lesson from the ultimate boss, my mom and uh and so we got to keep our room clean
1: because our our room now is is our shared planet. I love it that's a great message to leave behind. Thanks so much, Adrienne. I appreciate it. And I know I will be uh, catching up with you again soon. Probably a Lonely Whale board meeting coming up here soon or committee call. Uh, amen. See you then, man.
0: Those were some genuine insights from Adrian Grenier. By making use of your time the right way to finding alignment to help balance your career, purpose, and lifestyle is something that could be a benefit to all of us. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I've got a small favor to ask of you. Please take a moment to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. And if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn under Vibe Desai, all one word. And don't forget to share these episodes with your friends and colleagues. Remember, we're all part of the army of game changers, and we need more people to join the movement. Before we go, a quick shout-out to my crew over at HDX Hydration Mix for making these podcasts possible. Head on over to HDXMix.com if you want to learn more about how we're working to make the world a little bit better. Thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode.